Welcome to an inspirational message recorded live at Little Falls Christian Center. Yes, Father, indeed, there is only one place we belong, and that is in your courts, O Lord. You long for intimacy with us. You long for fellowship with us. You long for communion with us. From the Garden of Eden until Revelation, that is your heart. And thank you, Lord, that today we've got a positive message from the throne of God that's going to bless us all, O God, and encourage us as we now surrender the service to you. In Jesus' name, have your way, Holy Spirit. Amen and amen. Well, you may be seated. Thank you for that beautiful song. Hallelujah. Well, brother, you can keep on with that one. <laughs> Who was it? Uh, few. Was that? Yeah. <laughs> well, this is Sunday morning, so we're just going to be a bit more formal. Okay, see tie and jacket and hallelujah. There's a bit of a, a joke in that. Well, dear loved ones, as you can see behind me, the message that God gave me is it will be okay. Amen? You may go home now. <laughs> it will be okay. And uh, it was about two, three weeks ago, I stood in the prayer meeting, and after the prayer meeting, the Holy Spirit just dropped this into my heart. And once before, He already told me it's going to be okay. But is there anybody in this audience that know that our minds are sometimes just that small and we forget so easily? So I want to encourage you today and I want to remind you today that God says to you and I want you to do that and say, it's me. If you don't do it, you're going to miss it. Say, it's me. <laughs> He's saying to you, it'll be okay. And to you watching over there, it's going to be okay. And actually, it really is the message and I could just as well said goodbye. So because God gives us a message, and often He gives us a message just in a short sentence. Do you know that? Go, come, etc. And then the rest is just embroidering on that. So I want you just to take note of this. You don't have to turn there. Indeed, you can turn in your Bibles to Psalm 77. I'm going to uh, cover it in the New King James. But while you're turning there, I want to remind you, and Erica, this is for you, always it's her scripture, but you may take it today for yourself. And this is Jeremiah 29, verse 11, 12, and 13. While you're turning to Psalm 77, women can do two things at a time. Men will just stare at me. <laughs> okay, so Jeremiah 29, verse 11. For I know the thoughts, says the Lord, that I think towards you. Do you realize God this moment and every moment is thinking good thoughts about you? For I know the thoughts that I think towards you. Oh, hallelujah. Listen to this, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace. How many of you felt that the Lord robbed you a little bit of your peace in the last period of time? Come on, be honest. Yes, five, six, ten. The rest I'll pray afterwards. And not of evil. We've been surrounded by evil, my dear brother and sister, for a long time, called Corona. That thing is definitely not of God and nothing of it is of God, except that after my episode, I can tell you one thing. 
It brought me to a new place in God that I never were at before. Amen? So, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. And that's where the it's all going to be okay come in. We often stop there, but verse 12 says, Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you. If you've got a pen under the line, I will, will listen to you. Don't doubt that God will hear you. And then verse 13, And you will seek me, now that's what this morning is about, and find me, that's what it's about, when you search for me with a little bit of your heart. No, all. Now, whenever God speak in absolutes, all, never, those words, you'd better know that He's very serious. God will not use the word all if He means some. Amen? When He says all, it means all. So, we read here in Psalm 77, the Psalm of Asaph. And this Asaph was a godly man, yet he found himself in a place where sometimes we find ourselves too. Now you will always hear I've got this tone to my messages. Why? Because I sit in my counseling rooms and I speak to people heart to heart. We connect here and I hear the cry of people. I see their tears. I see their struggles. We deal with these things, not that others don't but I'm just speaking from me. And it affects me because I'm an empath. Now, don't worry, it's a good thing. <laughs> but it has some negative aspects to it. An empath is somebody that really feels somebody else's pain to the point that you experience it so deep inside that it affects you, sometimes negatively. So, I sit there and I hear these Asaphs, and that's why God gave me this message today, and I want to take you into it. All of us need a sailor moment in our lives. Three times in this psalm, you will see at the end in the New King James and the King James, the word sailor or sailor or whatever you want to pronounce it. It is a moment to pause and to think where a change of thinking is supposed to occur. We need a sailor moment. And I want to say to you today, for everybody listening, it is a sailor moment this morning in this service for you. Because you're going to have to think, where am I right now with God in my journey? How has all of this affected me? We often find ourselves in deep trouble of various kinds. And there's only two kinds of people this morning that hear me. It is those that are having an Asav period in their lives right now. And as I said, he was a godly man. That doesn't mean you're not godly if you're having an inward struggle. And the other people are those that say, I am okay. And it's okay to be okay. But how many of you know it doesn't always stay okay? Come on, it's not negative, it's true. You get your challenges. And all of us know somebody that is going through a deep, turbulent time in their lives right now. I'm not going to do it, but if I have to ask you, how many of you have been affected by COVID? 
in some way, I'm sure everybody will raise their hands. If I have to ask you, and I'm not going to, but how many of you lost somebody close to you? I think it will be about 100%. It affects us people, but God said it will be okay. So, if you've lost a loved one, lost a job, relationships in a mess, finances dried up, your body is sick, your children are rebellious, you feel rejected, alone and misunderstood. Isaiah chapter number 60 verse one says, arise today and shine for your light has come. There is a light that is shining. I asked Philip to give me the brightest sunrise he could give me. Because even 12 o'clock at night, the sun is still shining, but you cannot see it. That does not mean the sun does not exist. As sure as the sun is shining 12 o'clock at night, He will make it okay in the end for you, child of God. And if you cannot give praise for that, I don't know what's wrong. Hallelujah. It's going to be okay. It's going to be all right. Now, all right means it's going to be all right in the end. But okay is an interesting word. I don't know how many of you know where the word okay comes from. It's an old English word that says all correct. In the end, it will all be as God planned it, correct. And if you wonder how you get, get to that phonetically, it is all correct with an O and a K. And if you spell okay, okay, a Y, that's the wrong spelling. Okay is the correct spelling because it's an abbreviation of all correct. The God that I serve will make everything all right and all correct in the end. Even if right now you don't feel it, even if right now you don't see it, it's going to be all correct and all right in the end. You know, I don't know how many of you watch maybe a good worldly movie. <clears throat> the first time they swear it's off, the first time they mention the name of the Lord, it's off, or abuse it, or you know what I'm saying. So there's a film, The Best Exotic Marigold Hotel. <laughs> so filled with wisdom. And Patel, the hotel manager, in his worst moment where everything has fallen apart, he makes this statement. He says, everything will be all right in the end. And if it's not all right, it's not the end yet. You see, God can even use a donkey or a movie to speak. So everything in the end will be all right, my dear brother and sister. It will be okay. And if it's not okay right now, it's not the end. You still have a journey ahead of you, hallelujah. So, Asaph is a distressed soul. He found no rest day and night. He refused to be comforted. His soul was overwhelmed. He became speechless because of his grief. He could not sleep anymore. We can actually say he had a pity party and he enjoyed it. And I'll prove it to you. So James 5 verse 13 says, Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. 
So the first point we have to take note of today, my dear brother and sister, even if you don't feel like praying, you have to pray. Because God is the author and the finisher. God is the one that, okay, in the end. His arms are still open. Days of trouble must always be day prayer. Pastor Harold had a whole series now on the inter. And he rightly made a statement and he said that intercessors don't pray for themselves. That's true. But there is another angle to it. We also have so we have to pray for ourselves, I'm sure. And have a whole group of people praying for you, and you know that they're interceding for you. So my life, my process of two areas. I'm praying and interceding for my friends and the church, etc. But there are times where I've got myself, and I'm going to give you something now, if that clock allows. I serve, did pray to God. He turned unto God alone. No books, no TV, no uh, TV, no uh, CDs, no thing can be as powerful in your life as prayer to the Almighty God. He had some keys. Key I want to mention to you is prayer. The second key I want to mention to you is run to God and nowhere else. You know this this thing of the higher holy man where. Okay to come for prayer, but people come to the holy man because he must pray on my behalf. No. We should have a relationship with God that when I open my mouth, all upon him is right there and he answers. Is that not so? There's two parts to the psalm. Verse 1 is the first part. And I want you as we go into the I, me, and myself in the first part. Self-centeredness. It's all about poor and I and whatever. And listen, I've been there. I'm honored to say it. And men are worse than women in this, I think. <laughs> you know, shame. If we sniffles, you know, it's like, oh, I'm going to die. Stay in bed, whatever. My poor wife feels just as bad and she's up and sniffling and coughing and whatever. I leave that's for you. Amen. Thank you. <laughs> I don't, sure, men, just please don't afterwards. I'm, I'm okay. The second part, verse 10 to 20, where this man turns attention and his focus to God. You sit in the mud and you're so overwhelmed that the mud in your head, you can see nothing anymore. But you've got to lift you. You've got to come out on top. And you've got to reach a place and see God again. And remind yourself of things He's done for you in the past. This Asaph was an ordinary person. He was a seer. He was a Levite. And he was a man with a very strong character. Yet he found himself in this muddy pit, overwhelmed with the brand and all of that. He also led the uh, ceremony and procession for the Ark of the Covenant returning from Obed-Edom to Jerusalem. He was also there with the uh, laying of the foundations of Zerubbabel's temple. So I want to say to you, he was a godly man. If you today feel 
that the world is falling around you and I'm speaking to you also out there. I want to say to you, courage, it will be okay because God is still God and He will never leave you. He will never... Okay, calm down, Tians. He will leave you and He will not forsake you. Can you say? Praise God. He desperately tried to understand why a merciful, loving, kind, caring God was silent. I've been there. I once or twice made a remark. It's like God seems to have gone on long leave. He didn't tell me where he was going. Terrible place to find yourself there. And many of you today understand, and you might even be feeling like that right now. God, when is it going to be okay? When will my come? You are taking so long. Understood the principle of intimacy in prayer. You see, you cannot really be intimate with somewhere a distance. You've got to be close to the person. And indeed, we see it in uh, Revelation chapter number 21, verse, I think, 4. Where Jesus I will wipe away the tears from your eyes. Now, I don't know about you, but when you see somebody that is crying, you won't easily go up to that person and wipe away the tears from their cheeks. Uh-huh. That's very intimate to come that close to somebody. But here we see at the marriage supper of the Lamb, Jesus will reach out, I'm sure, and He will go like this and He'll wipe away your tears. He'll touch your face. He'll be that intimate with you. That's my God. But sometimes we withdraw because of our own hurt and pain. And it's like we're building walls and walls around us and God desperately wants to break through. Allow Him. His arms are open. Come today and say, I trust you. It will be okay in the end. And if it's not okay yet, it's not the end. Communion with God. So verse one in the last few minutes that I have. I cried out to God. This is Psalm 77. I cried out to God. Who cried out? I cried out to God with my voice. To God with my voice. And He gave ear to me. The fact that He cried out is repeated twice. Gives emphasis to the fact that He cried and He kept on crying until He got His breakthrough. Korah writes about this in Psalm 42 verse 1 to 2. And he says, as the deer pants for the water brooks, so my soul pants after thee. How thirsty are you today? How hungry are you today? How desperate are you today? Will you even in your quiet times, which shouldn't be quiet, cry out to God and let Him speak to you? Sometimes God allows us to wait. Why? Because there is a test for us that we also have to pass. God wants to see what is really in our hearts. In verse 2 is very sad. I've got sad faces all over my notes here. 
Because verse 2 says, In the day of my trouble, I sought the Lord. My hand was stretched out in the night without ceasing. And listen to this. My soul refused to be comforted. How desperately sad is it when you need God and yet you refuse to be comforted. It's like you're pushing people away. It's like you say, I cannot allow people to come in here. Why? Because a person is so filled with grief that there's no more room for anything else in their lives. How sad is it when you're so filled with grief that there's not room for God to come and heal you in that state. It is as if he said, it has taken possession of me, possessed with grief. No, God is wanting to get you out of it and through it. And yes, I always say to people, it takes up to about three months to deal with the grieving process. It's okay. But nobody is supposed to get stuck there forever. God wants to bring you out. Oh, guidance. He wants to dance with you. He wants to embrace you. He wants to fill that emptiness. Sometimes even a godly man is in such a place that they cannot receive comfort from God. Allow people to help you. Allow people to be there for you. Because not everybody is there this morning. But there are those that are there and we need to reach out to them and be available for them. This man even feared that God had abandoned him. He became obsessed with this thing. And then there's a sailor moment right there after verse 3 where God is trying to help this man. Now in verse 3, I remembered God. That's a turn in the right direction. And was troubled. I complained. And my spirit was overwhelmed. Selah. Now, being overwhelmed is like a ship that is supposed to sail on the ocean. Sinking. And it's now at the bottom of the sea. Overwhelmed with water. Emotionally, people are overwhelmed with all these things. And I wish I had time to explain to you what the Jews do in their time of grieving. But unfortunately, I have to move on here. You can go and look for yourself. But they allow people to be quiet when they want to be quiet. And they allow them to speak when they want to speak. How close are we emotionally and physically to those that are really suffering? As we know people that have lost loved ones. We need to be close enough emotionally and close enough physically if necessary or needed or possible to be there for them. Verse number four. He had a sailor moment. And that sailor moment means stop, think. You're going to another way of thinking. Now, as I said, sometimes it's so hard that you don't even know what to pray for anymore how to pray anymore, and therefore people stop praying. A key that I've given you is don't stop praying ever. 
Everybody say with me, God is not my enemy. Hallelujah. God is for us, not against us. Once a man was asked, what did you gain by praying? And the man gave the shocking answer. He said, nothing much. But I can tell you what I lost. I lost anger. I lost depression. I lost fear. I lost fear of death. I lost, I lost, I lost. And therefore, his loss became his gain. You see, we have fixed ideas about how God must answer our prayers. No, God is God. And He answers the way that He believes is best. It's going to be okay in the end. What benefit is it to hold on to grief? What benefit is it to hold on to this thing that is consuming you at the moment? Nothing. Because the devil is the one that wants to keep you there. Because if he can, if he will lose you, if you can get out of that, God will be lifted up and God will get the glory. Hallelujah. The devil is the one that wants you to remain focused inwardly. Just imagine this. Luke 3 verse 7, you can just write it down. John the Baptist is standing there by the river. People are coming to be baptized, like you this morning coming to church. And the first words he said is, you brood of white vipers. <laughs> Not wipers, vipers. You brood of vipers. I mean, come on, how would you feel? I think the church will just quickly be empty if I get up here and the first words I say is, you brood of vipers. Why did he say it? Because he discerned their sin using such strong language. Why? Because of their self-centeredness, their self-righteousness. Yes, they did come to be baptized, but I wonder what their motives really were. Maybe just to be initiated into another little thing? I don't know. Now, please take note of Ezekiel chapter number 49 to verse 51. Ezekiel 16, sorry, verse 49 to 51. Here, it is spoken of Sodom. Now, if I ask you today, and please don't get up and shout what you think it is, but what was the sin of Sodom? We think we know. Let me read you what the sin of Sodom was. It is, Luke, verse 49, this was the iniquity of your sister Sodom. This is speaking to Jerusalem. She and her daughter had pride, fullness of food, and abundance of idleness. Neither did she strengthen the hand of the poor and the needy. Do you understand that God Almighty is speaking to Jerusalem and saying that she is in a worse state than Sodom and her daughter. Why? Because they did not give attention to the poor and the needy. Now, needy does not only mean those that have physical and other needs. It means emotional need also. When you look around you, think, who is there that I have to give a call? Who is there that I should reach out to? Iniquity. The word iniquity. Now, please, people that sell Avon products, don't get a fit. <laughs> 
But the word iniquity is Avon. <laughs> okay. I think there must be another meaning to that somewhere, but Hebrew, it means Avon. So the A is an Ayen, the V is Avav, and the Nun is an N. The Ayen stands for I. Then the Vav stands for Hook. And the Nun, amongst other things, stands for multiplication, which means what your eye is hooked to will multiply. This is positive, yes, or negative, no. What is your eye hooked to? Do you have your eye hooked to God who will make it all okay in the end? Hallelujah. That self-centeredness must go. Now verse four. You hold my eyelids open. I'm so troubled that I cannot speak. In other words, he had insomnia and he was like dumb. Remember, Pastor Harold says, Jesus loves to make intercession for us. Verse five. I have considered the days of old, the years of ancient times. Then verse six, I call to remembrance. Now he's shifting sailor upwards and he's remembering my songs in the night. Psalm 50 verse 15 for those writing. Psalm 50 verse 15. Here Asaph says, oh my God will answer. My God will come through and all of this. Then he comes in Psalm 77 and he's forgotten all about it. Short memory. So he found comfort in the memory of God, having done great things for him in the past. And then he asks some questions that all of us ask from time to time, verse seven to nine. Now, will the Lord cast off forever? How many of you can say no? Amen? Will he be favorable no more? No. Has his mercy ceased forever? No. Has his promise failed forevermore? No. Has God forgotten to be gracious? No. And has he in anger shut his tender mercies? No. And you can see I'm turning. You can trust the man who died for you. Jesus, thank you. You can trust him. But you've got to come to him. You've got to remind yourself of the things that he did for you in your past. If we hold a testimony evening or day or morning, I'm sure that everybody will stand in a queue to testify about the miracles God has done for them. Amen. So why would God do miracles then? And out of all the billions of people, He decide to target you and say to you, I'm not going to do anything for you. No. You'll come through for you. Four minutes and we're halfway. Verse 10. And I said, this is my anguish. But I will remember the years at the right hand of God. And from here onwards, you will see that his words change from I to you and yours. 
Now he begins to remember the goodness of God. Keep a record of the good things. Verse 11, I will remember the works of the Lord. Surely I will remember your wonders of old. Sure. Verse 12, I will also meditate. You see, now he's out, he can see. Also meditate on your work and talk of your deeds. When you're still in the I mode, the inward, self-centered mode, it's the hardest place to be. But I say by prayer, you can get out of it and remember the good things and it will be okay in the end. Romans, uh, Revelation 12, verse 11, they overcame him by the blood of the land and the word of their testimony. Verse 13, your way, O God, is in the sanctuary. Who is so great a God as our God? Now from, I refuse to be even comforted to, who is such a great God as our God? Come on, people. I want all of us to get out of that and onto the you are a great God place. Romans 8.28, you all know it. For we know that God works all things together for good for those who love Him. If you take any part of a steel ship, the rudder or a steel plate or the chimney or whatever, and you throw it into the sea, what will happen to it? Just that part. It will sink. Huh? Yet, Listen to this. When it is all put together, riveted and welded together, those huge container ships sail. God will take all the broken parts of your life and put it together. And you're going to sail to the it will be okay moment for you. Hallelujah. The rest of the book, the chapters you can read for yourself, but I want you to take note of this. Exodus chapter number 15, verse 1 to 16. Exodus 15, verse 1 to 16. It's the song of Moses. And I want you to go and read it and see how God with His mighty right hand delivered his people in that sea. We can rejoice because our sins were drowned in the sea by the mighty hands of our God. And this is the message this morning for you. It will be okay in the end. And if it's not okay yet, it's not the end. You can rejoice and take God at his word. You are the hero of the story. You've got to be in next week's episode, like MacGyver sitting on a bomb at the end of a, an episode. You're going to be okay in the end. Let's stand and give God glory. Thank you, Father. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Oh, yes, there's a shift taking place right now in the Spirit. And I see people having a sailor moment. I see them reaching a place where their eyes are beginning to see the goodness and the glory and the mercies of God again. Oh, Father, I release upon your people right now the peace of God, the healing of God, the mercy of God, the grace of God, 
until we meet again in Jesus' name. And everybody shout, Amen. Hallelujah. Go and have a It Will Be Okay day. For more teachings like this and other material, please visit our website at www.littlefallsonline.com.